Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. I want to continue with the same theme that I have um, launched last Sunday, and that is prerequisites or conditions for encountering God's glory. And we have mentioned several times that when we speak about God's glory, we speak about all that God is in His nature, the goodness of God, the mercy of God, the grace of God, the compassion of the Lord. And so, that's been my desire for a very long time. Lord, I want to experience more of your goodness in my life. How many of you can stand more of the goodness of God? I'm sure all of us can Say, yes, Lord, I want to experience. I want to see your goodness in my life, in my relationships, in my finances, in my marriage, in my children, and on and on. We can go on. And that's what God loves to do. He loves to manifest himself in all of these areas in our lives with His goodness and shower us with His blessing. But when you pray a prayer like that, and you say, Lord, show me your glory. Let me experience your goodness in my life. We need to understand that there are certain conditions for such a prayer request to be answered. One of those conditions we've gone through it last Sunday, but for the benefit of those who were not here, I will just briefly recapitulate some of the things that we mentioned last Sunday. And one of those prerequisites is that there needs to be a hunger for God and the things of God in our lives. There has to come from the depths of our hearts a prayer that says, Lord, I hunger for you. I desire more of you. I am not content with what I've known, what I've experienced, what others said about you. I want more of your presence in my life, more of your tangible manifestations of the goodness of God, the mercy, the compassion of the Lord. And so that's one of the prerequisites. And we read from the book of Psalms, where the psalmist says, He satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with His goodness. Amen? God does not force Himself on us, whether we like it or not. You know, we hear people sometimes say, Why didn't God do something about it? Well, because He couldn't. He couldn't because you wouldn't. 
<laughs> Amen? So he only satisfies those whose soul longs for him and fills those who are hungry for the things of God. Jesus said so. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. The second prerequisite is recorded in John chapter 11, verse 40, when Jesus said to Martha, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the goodness of God or the glory of God? So the condition is there has to come from our side a faith that is alive, a faith that, that corresponds with God's Word, believing. The psalmist said, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. So believing in the goodness of God and expecting God to show up in our lives is one of those conditions of answering that kind of prayer. And we see right through the, the, the Old and the New Covenant that God showed Himself strong, delivered people, healed people, cast out demons out of people that expressed faith and believing in the goodness of God and in the mercy of God. Amen? Amen. So believing is, is vitally important. And the third prerequisite in regards to seeing the demonstration of God's glory and power is to decide to exercise our will and bring it into alignment with God's will. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 10, listen to what he said. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. In this very verse of Scripture, Jesus gave us one of the most profound revelations we will ever have. And that is this. He said that in our world, there are two distinct and independent entities. Two. Yeah. Only two. The one is the thief, who is none other than the devil himself, and his assignment is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Steal the Word of God, steal the joy of God, steal the peace of God out of your life through His lies. He would come and whisper things to you that are not true. And if you fall for them and believe those lies, then your joy goes out the window. Your peace goes out the window. You have no peace. You go to bed at night and you are full of stress and anxiety because you believed what the liar said. Are you listening to me? And he does that very well because he's been doing it for over 6,000 years. So the one of them is the devil. His assignment is to steal from you and to kill 
everything that is good in your life and, of course, destroy. The other entity is Jesus himself, and his assignment is to give us life and even more abundant. He said, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Amen? Amen. Now, neither one of those can fulfill their assignment in your life without your permission and your cooperation. They cannot. The devil cannot steal from you. He cannot kill or destroy unless you allow him to. That's why Paul said, give no place to the devil. That means that we are responsible to keep our lives under the shadow of the Almighty, walking in God's presence, and shutting the door against the thief. That's why James says, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. If you didn't have authority over him, you couldn't resist him. Hello? So he cannot steal from you unless you allow him to. He cannot destroy what God has given you unless you allow him to. And the same is with the Lord Jesus. He cannot save us, heal us, deliver us, bless us in any way unless we choose him and we choose the life that he came to give us. Would you say amen to that? That's why I said God cannot force it on you. If he could, he would have saved everybody. If he could, he would have healed every sick person. If he could, he would have met every need in your life without you doing anything about it. And sometimes, many times, not sometimes, God is accused why he's not doing something about my situation. But can't he see I'm, I'm going through severe challenges here and crisis? Why doesn't God do something about it? Well, the good news, he's already done it. The problem is, can you receive it? Hello. So, we see here that the will of the human being is the most powerful weapon our Creator has given us. Not even God can override your will or cross your will. He cannot. Are you listening to me? And this is where God accused, gets accused many times. This is the reason we see so much evil prevailing in our world today, and God cannot, listen to me, He cannot stop it. Why God doesn't do something about all these children that are dying? God cannot stop it unless man wills it. Hello? God committed this earth and all that is in it to the human race. Are you listening to me? 
We are responsible for what goes on on this earth. And you are responsible for what goes on in your life, either good or bad. And until we come to the place where we take that responsibility and do something about it, God cannot do anything. His hands are tight. Hello? Can you agree with that? That's scriptural. The only people who can put an end to this evil is mankind because man has authority on this earth. Not God. Man has the authority. Jesus said, all authority is given unto me both in heaven and on earth and now I delegate that authority to you, the church. Go and disciple all nations. He turned around and gave it to the church, to you and me. Hello? We have been given a free will. Well, <laughs> you may say, I wish that God didn't do that. <laughs> Don't you wish that sometimes? But God didn't want a bunch of robots roaming around. And he presses the button and we jump and we do this because God pressed the button. No. He gave us a free will and the freedom to choose our destiny and that freedom is our exclusive right. You're not going to see the goodness of God unless you're willing to receive that goodness by faith. Amen. So our will determines the outcome and, of course, the quality of life we will live on this earth. Our choices determine that. It also determines whether we will see and to what degree we will see the manifestation of God's goodness and His power demonstrated in our lives and, of course, in our spheres of influence. God can do nothing without our cooperation. And we need to understand that and take it to heart. You say, well, God is God. He can do anything. That's not what the Bible says. God cannot lie. Hello? Because if he interfered with your will, he would have broken his word. And Satan would have got him. Our will needs to line up with His will before His will comes to pass in our lives. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Where? On earth. As it is in heaven. Amen. That's why Jesus asked us to pray, asking God for His will to be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Why do we have to pray it if we didn't? God can just force His will here upon humanity and everything will be just okay. Amen. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 says, Now unto Him, that is God, who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that is working within us. 
Well, that means that the power of God that is within us requires our cooperation before it is released and exercised. Our ability, our will and ability to make choices in our lives from small choices to big choices, small decisions to big decisions, is part of our soul. Your soul is made up of your will, your emotions, and your intellect, the ability to think and calculate and reason. Those three parts are your soul. And listen to me. The soul is the bridge between the spiritual world and the natural world. Think about that. Your soul is the bridge between the world of the spirit and the natural world. And our will becomes the riverbed. You see, before the river can flow, it has to have a riverbed, right? So the will of the human being is the riverbed upon which the river of life flows through us, bringing healing and deliverance and restoration, not just to ourselves, but to those we minister to. Didn't Jesus say rivers of living water will flow from where? Not from up there. Hmm. Where's the rivers of living water, folks? It's within us. The problem is many a time we've locked up that river within us because we are resisting the will of God. Our insecurities, our fears, our prejudice, our offenses, our unforgiveness, what do they do? They choke up that river. It's blocked. And the living Christ within us cries out, set me free to do what my Father set me to do. Set me free so that I can heal and minister and touch the people in your life and in your sphere of influence. Amen. And if our will was not involved in releasing God's power, Jesus would not have asked the paralyzed man this question that bothered me for a long time. Will you be made whole? He walks up to the man. He's been sitting there for most of his life, 38 years, waiting for the angel to come stir the waters so that he can jump in and be healed. And Jesus walks up to him and he says, Are you willing? Do you want to be made well? Why did he ask him that question? Why did he say, will you be made whole? Why did he question his will? If he could, couldn't he just heal him? No, he couldn't. Amen. <laughs> if, if the will of the person was not involved, he would have just walked up and healed the man, whether he chose it or not. Not only that, if it was up to him, the Lord Jesus, he would have healed every sick person sitting there. 
Some people have the wrong idea that because you have a need, God is obligated to meet your need, even though He said, I will meet all your needs. God does not move on the basis of need. He moves on the basis of faith. And it was Smith Wigglesworth who said, it seems like God will bypass a million people and come to the one who believes. He honors faith. Amen? Jesus would also save every person if he could born in this world without the willingness of a person. Zap them on the head, get them into heaven. But some people think that God is like that. You know, the other day I was praying for someone, asking God to give me a plan so that, say, Lord, you have a plan. I know you have a plan. Your word says you have a plan for this person to be helped. And God said to me, son, my plan is my word. I have no other plan. God has no plan B. His plan is his word. He said, I've revealed my wisdom, I've revealed my will, I've revealed my plan, and it's in my word. You've got to search that word and find out what my plan is. Amen? Our will has an important role to play in this matter. And when we, by an act of our will, line up that will with God's will and accept our God-given purpose, then a miraculous takes place, a miracle takes place. What happens then when your will aligns with God's will, God says the Holy Spirit then will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. And you will be able to do what is not possible for any human being to do without my grace. And I've proved that so many times in my walk with Jesus. When I was just a few months old and led few people to the Lord, I asked the Lord, Lord, where do I take these people to fellowship and to feed them spiritually? And Jesus said, you don't have to take them anyway. You feed them. I said, Lord, me? I haven't gone to Bible school. I don't know how to do this. But God wasn't asking if I was able. He was asking if I was willing. And finally I said, Lord, I will do it. And then God spoke to me and he said, my Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you and you will be able to feed them. And you know what? I've experienced the power of God coming upon me and I would go from house to house, open the Bible, and start ministering the Word of God under the power of the Holy Spirit without going to Bible school. But I studied the Word of God, and I prayed and prepared myself before I went to them. You can do whatever God says you can do. And when you line up your will with God's will, God says, my spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you and you will be able to do what is not possible for man to do. Amen. You see the power of the will. We line up our will with his. And that's exactly what the angel of the Lord said to Mary. When the angel of the Lord said to her, you 
will bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus, and he shall save his people from the sins. Mary said, how can this be? I know not a man. It's impossible. But we're not dealing with possibilities here. We are dealing with a God who does the impossible for those who believe in him, for those who line up their will with his will. And when Mary said, yes, be it unto me according to your word, the angel of the Lord said, the Spirit will come upon you, the power of the highest will overshadow you, and you will bear forth and bring God's Son. And the impossible became possible simply because Mary yielded her will to the will of God. The question is, are we willing, are we yielding our will to the Lord's will in every matter of life? Are we saying, not your will, but not my will, but your will be done, O God, in my life, in my marriage, in my relationships, in my finances, in my place of work? In dealing with my children, your will be done, not mine. Some people think they know more than God does. And we have these educators today, and these philosophers, who in the eyes of God are nothing more but fools. And they will tell us not to discipline our children because it hurts them. And we wound their wills. They know more than God does. Amen. We have a choice. To line up our will or not to line up our will with God's Word. Amen. God says, give. No, Lord, I don't have enough for me. Well, the prophet walks up to the widow and he says to her, um, can you bring me a glass of water, please? Remember, it's drought now, three and a half years, no rain. She gets him a glass of water, and then he says, can you prepare a meal for me too, please? And she says, well, I've got my last meal, and I'm going to uh, cook it, and uh, me and my son, we're going to eat it, and we're going to die. But the prophet said to her, no, me first. He was teaching her the principle of first things, first fruits, first things first. Put God first. Either that prophet was a jerk, wanting the last meal of the widow, or he knew something the widow didn't know. Thank God she obeyed. That's why she lived. Amen. So the Bible says she went and did according to the word of the Lord that came through the prophet. And you know what happened? The Holy Spirit descended upon that household and began to multiply that little flour and that little oil, and they ate for many, many days until the rain came from above. And we've seen God do that again and again and again for those who line up the will with the will of the Word of God. Amen? You see, the good news is that God provided, God's grace provided all things, 
Peter says, that pertain to your life and godliness. Everything we will ever need in this life has already been provided for you and me. It's already been given. God so loved the world that He gave. And together with His Son, He gave us everything that we will ever need. Amen? That's why He said, if you seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, all of these things will be added to you, not taken away from you. So if they are taken away from you, that means you're not seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. You're seeking something else first. Hello? Are you with me? Say, yes, pastor, I believe that. Oh, thank you. Still awake. So the way we receive what's being provided is through faith. Ephesians says, for by grace are you saved. How? Through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Faith, though, cannot be exercised without exercising your will. You can't exercise faith unless you exercise the will to believe. Did you know that faith is a choice? It's not a feeling. It's not sight. It's not feeling. It's not an emotion. It is a choice. I choose to believe the Word of God above my feelings, above my emotions, above what I see, above what I hear. I believe, and I choose to believe. Or I choose not to believe. See, you can't exercise faith unless you exercise your will. That's what Thomas said. Thomas exercised his will by saying, I will not believe unless I see and feel. That's where most believers are. I'll believe it when I see it. Why would you believe it when you see it? You don't have to exercise faith because you see it. Hello? So he decided and chose not to believe. And what did Jesus say to him? You're doubting Thomas. He didn't commend him. Amen? He said, blessed are those who have not seen and yet chose to believe. Have you seen the Lord being crucified on the cross? Have you seen it? Have you seen Him raised from the dead? Yet you believe. Why? You exercise your will. You believe what the Bible says. Why can we not do this for every other area in our lives? Amen? He chose not to believe the report he heard concerning Jesus being raised from the dead unless his physical senses told him that it was so. Listen to what God said to His people in the Old Covenant and, of course, in our New Covenant. In Deuteronomy 30, verse 19, He said, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. Who chooses life? God? No, you do. Who chooses the blessing? You do. Who chooses the healing? You do. Who chooses prosperity? You do. So we need to choose life. We need to choose blessing. 
before they operate in our lives. We must choose health, longevity, because it's God's promise, protection, before we experience them. We believe God and we believe His Word. We line up our will with His will, and His will is to bless me. Amen. And to give me life and even more abundant. I chose the life I'm living now. It didn't just fall on me. And God didn't just put it on me. I chose to be faithful to my wife for 45 years. I chose and I choose to stay with her regardless. Hello? Whether she loves me or not, she does. Whether she treats me well or not, whether she cooks for me or not, I choose to honor the institution of marriage because marriage is much greater and bigger than my feelings. God didn't say, if you're happy, stay in your marriage. If you're unhappy, bail out. I'm not judging those who bailed out. There is forgiveness for that. But we choose. Amen. So we choose. Joshua challenged God's people many years ago, to choose and exercise the will for good and not for evil. Listen to what he said to them in Joshua 24, verse 15. And, he says, if it seem evil to you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Period. And he makes that decision for him, and notice he says, my household. This is the way we're going to do it. We're going to serve the Lord. We're going to honor the Lord. We're going to obey the Lord. And we choose. Amen. And just as our will becomes the gatekeeper to the life of God flowing through us, even so our will can become the gatekeeper to fear and death flowing through us. You can choose the words you speak. Amen? To give life or death. And there are things we need to receive and exercise our will for, and there are things we need to resist and exercise our will against and say, no trespass, not here. David said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not, or I will not want. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, notice what he says, I will fear no evil. 
Why? For you are with me. Is God with you? Have you set your will against fear? Or are you still living in fear? Your will is powerful. I will not fear. It doesn't matter what goes on around me. It doesn't matter what the news says. It doesn't matter what about the coronavirus and all that is being spread. And people are in a panic. I will not fear evil, for it shall not come near me. Why? For God has given His angels charge over you. For what? To protect you. Ten thousand will fall at your right hand. A thousand will fall at your side. But it will not come near you. Are you among the you? So rejoice. I'm among the you because I am God's child. Let's exercise our will, folks, for good and stop giving in to fear and prejudice and pride and unforgiveness and offense. You have a choice to be offended when someone hurts you or not to get offended. Have you ever had a situation where your feelings just crying out? You got to do something about this. You got to say something. You can't just keep quiet. This is not right. And your emotions, they're just screaming inside of you, wanting you to take control and do something. You have a choice either to say, emotions, shut up and do what is right. You're not the boss of me. The Word of God is the boss of me. And he said, forgive and be healed. <laughs> it's easier said than done. When you hurt, when they stab you and put that dagger in your back and twist it, when they reject you, when they say all manner of evil things about you that are not true, your flesh will rise up. I guarantee you that. Your feelings will scream at you every morning you wake up, every hour you are, you are awake and you go to bed at night and you can't sleep. Believe me, I know. But I, I thank God I have a choice. I have a choice to listen to them or to put them to death and do what is right in God's sight. Know what is right in my sight. The psalmist said, Psalm 118, verse 17, I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Notice how he sets his will against lack, against fear, and against death. He says, I will not die. Is that... What the devil tells you every time you have a little symptom that attacks your body, especially if it's on your left-hand side and there's a sharp pain coming through and goes, you're going to have a heart attack any minute now. Yeah? Or you have a pain in your stomach and he whispers to you, you know, it's, it's cancer. 
What do you do then? And you know, he has such a way of saying it that it's so believable. How do you respond to that? Do you pull out the sword? <laughs> do you pull out the sword? And say, I resist you, Satan, in the name of Jesus, for it is written, I will live and not die. I am the healed of the Lord, and I am blessed, because Jesus bore stripes for me. Do we do that, or do we just cave in to those whispers and those fears that are coming against us like a, a rabbit machine gun? And you go what they call it, tailspin. Amen? God can work through with a person like that who sets his will against evil and said, no, you shall not trespass. I don't care what I feel. I don't care what I see. I care what the Word of God says. And I align my will with God's will. And when I do that, the Holy Spirit comes upon me. The power of the, of the highest overshadows me. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. I'm teaching you how to fight. Not with your hands, but with the Word of God. The other day I had a dream. There was a bag and there was this huge snake crawling out of the bag and, and, and coming close to attack me. Stuck out her tongue. You know how the, the forked tongue of a snake. I took out a, a, a knife. It, was a lo it looked like a bread knife. And I, I struck it once. I struck it against. I struck it again. On the head. Gathered her belongings and disappeared. I'm sure she died somewhere along. It was a she or a he. I don't know. God is teaching us how to war, to be strong in our faith, and not to be sissies every time the enemy just blows you fall down, and you panic, and you call this one, and you call that one, and, and you go into panic, and what must I do, and we go on. Stand up, be a man, be a woman of God, and resist the devil, and God can work through a person like that. And we need to rise up in the strength of our fortified will, resist the devil and all that he stands for. And when we do that, we will find the strength of God working in us, for us, through us, to bring to pass what we decide. Job twenty-two twenty-eight, Powerful verse of Scripture. I've discovered this verse years ago. You shall also decide and decree a thing and it shall be established for you. When will it be established? When you decide it, when you decree it, when you make up your mind and say, this is what's going to happen. Amen. Amen. This is what's going to happen. And stand your ground. Because the word says, you will decide on a thing and it will be established unto thee. And notice what it says. And the light of God's favor shall shine upon your ways. What did I say? When you line up your will with God's will, what happens? 
the power of the Holy Spirit, the light of God begins to shine on your decision. And do you know something else? God will protect your right to do evil if you want to. Why doesn't God stop those people that grab these machine guns and go into places and start shooting people? You go out of this place today and you decide to go rob the petrol station. God is not going to stop you. But you're going to have to face the consequences of that decision and that choice. Amen? Hard to, to just fathom that. Amen? Far too often we put up with conditions, with habits, with poverty, with sickness, with ungodly things, simply because we do not exercise our will against those things. Just, just simply. You, you don't have the, the strength to stand up and say, No! You're not going to do that. Amen. Psalm 119, 120, Therefore all your precepts concerning all things I consider to be right. And then he says, I hate every false way. See, he uses his will again. I choose to hate every false way. See, you can't love God without hating evil. They go together. Amen? Praise God. Waking up every morning and making the choice to walk by faith and to walk in love is the most powerful choice you will ever make in your life every day. You get up in the morning and say, Lord, regardless of how I feel today, regardless of what is said, regardless of what is done to me, I choose to walk by faith and to walk in love. That's my choice. And you set your will from the morning. And believe me, you're going to be tested. <laughs> you are going to be tested. <laughs> Because sometimes all hell will break loose. This one breaks. That one breaks. This one says that. That is done. And now you are in the midst of that. But if you set your course right from the morning, <laughs> you steered yourself and you said, I will walk by faith. I will walk in love regardless. Then the power of God will come overshadow you and those things will be sorted out. Amen. So, it is in our hands, the Word of God says, to give life and to release death or destruction. Proverbs 18.21, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. One of the primary ways, and I'm closing with this, that we exercise our will is through the words that we speak. Our words communicate the choices we make, let us therefore choose life, choose blessing, choose health, choose prosperity, choose longevity, and trust God to bring them to pass in your life. Amen? Amen. Let's stand and give thanks to God for giving us the freedom to choose. I will choose life. Say that out loud. I will choose life. I will choose health. 
I will choose divine protection. I will not fear evil. For God is with me. I am blessed. And I stay in the blessing. For I align my will with God's will. And when I do that, the Holy Spirit comes upon me. The power of the highest overshadows me. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. Let's give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.